0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 230 of The Cutback. My name is Evan. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Matt. Uh, what's going on?
1: Glad this Fortnite uh, game week is over. Mm-hmm. We go back into regularly scheduled uh, matches where we get five, six matches a day. and Nothing this weekend, but we got the FA Cup, and, and then next midweek we'll get back into it. But yeah, there's a lot going on with all the cups and, and whatnot. There's a lot to talk about
0: yeah um, we actually didn't discuss this. Do you think our best course of action is to predict these games uh that happen next you know midweek, or do you think we uh we wait and release something on Monday?
1: uh, I'm totally okay with giving those picks now, yeah,' mine and Zach gave me his, I think. Yeah, that would do better. All right, and cool. then next week we can do something similar.
0: Yeah, I probably should have cleared that off the air, but I, I, I simply didn't. So, uh, Matt, <laughs> how'd we do uh, last weekend?
1: So last weekend, the other five matches we had uh, brought us overall for week 21. Evan and I went 5-5. Five and five. Mm. Sacks went 6-4 and four in total. Uh, overall, Evan is in third at 107 wins, 101 defeats. Zach's 109.99, and I'm at 115.93. All
0: right. So we're all still above 500, um, which is a good sign, especially after uh, game week as hectic and and odd as this one was. Uh, I could not agree more. And I'm glad uh, that two-week split weekend... Uh, nonsense is is over. I mean that was that was actually horrible. Uh, we had a couple of games that were on just like by themselves. Well, actually, all of them were. Um, that Sheffield United West Ham game being by itself and being forced to watch that uh, was was truly it, it was horrid stuff. Um, we had a, a crazy ending, but in general, the the quality of some of these games, including that Brighton Wolves one, was just rather poor um okay should we jump into the first one
1: yeah let's get it
0: all right uh a set piece master class saw arsenal uh defeat palace five nil at the emirates um at the end of the game we saw a couple of banners um that maybe suggested the club was directionless or at least that's how the fans felt uh i think that's a, a pretty fair sentiment and probably something uh considering their recent form that I would uh, agree with. Um, It's looking like maybe Roy uh, is on his way out and people are saying, although he's on contract, you know, until the end of the year, it's very possible that he just steps away now uh and after a 5-0 defeat in which you conceded two uh first half goals off of uh set pieces Gabriel in the 11th and then Gabriel really again in the 37th um that that second goal was fantastic and unfortunately was headed right into Dean Henderson uh and then you know given as an own goal i think a bit unfair uh on Gabriel because he's done really, really well getting forward and scoring in the box when he has to. Um, so two early goals there. Trossard struck in the 59th, and then mm. things quieted down a little bit until Gabriel Martinelli was subbed on late, uh, and he actually scored two goals within two minutes, one in the 94th and one in the 95th, uh, to secure a, a pretty masterful victory uh, over Palace. On the Palace side, I mean, I thought things were, were relatively... Um, just just poor. They, they kind of languished uh, all game. There were some struggles in the midfield defensively. They were very poor. Man-marking-wise, it was horrible. Uh, we saw Richards go back and, and play as a, a center back, sort of shifting out to the right a little bit more. Uh, Eze was actually playing left wing. Uh, he was pr- their best player. I mean, he's he's always pretty much the sharpest player on the pitch, especially when is not there, but they weren't able to get anything done. Mateta made no effect. Schlopp, poor, subbed off. Uh, Mark Gahey, you know, a, a player of immense talent, a fantastic center back, one of England's top choices, just being, just, he's suffering here, and there's nothing that anybody can do right now at Palace besides bring in a new manager and change the style of play that that's going to change anything so I thought this was just you know Arsenal played well this wasn't them at their best by any stretch I mean not even close Saka still looked I thought pretty pedestrian even though he was able to register an assist Um, and Palace just got absolutely outplayed I didn't see this being a blowout but man it, it really was
1: yeah, it shows where Palace is at at this current stage. One win in their last 10. The future doesn't look bright for Roy. You don't see him there in the in the long-term future. Realistically, even speaking, it's like the next two to three years. So we saw this last year. They did it with Patrick Vieira, went through a tough run of games, and they made a drastic decision, change it, changed the tides, and now they're in a similar position, not even 12 months later. So it wouldn't surprise me if they did this. And I don't know who that would be, whether they do it, something similar like a Big Sam or somebody like that, or uh, they see like a Grand Potter or somebody just to bring in as a rescue job. I don't know where Parrish would go, but I'm sure they'd make the right decision. And they're really suffering from those players at AFCON with IU being their mm-hmm. main one, who fortunately they'll get back sooner than they thought because Ghana, Shock, uh, got knocked out of the group stage. They didn't make it through. Uh, I saw videos of the Ghanaian journal- journalists and media just absolutely making scenes, wanting to speak to the manager, and security had to get in the way and mm. was immediately sacked. So they've had their troubles there. So he'll be back soon, and hopefully Elizabeth can come back too because, once again, without him, they really struggle for creativity. Once just just Eze. So great win for Arsenal. Like we were talking about, they needed this bad after three-run games without a win uh but unfortunately picking up Knox to rice and gabrielle isn't nice yeah i'm sure they'll be ready for the match this week coming up but yeah it's uh in these types of games you don't want any injuries to be to really spoil uh, a great day
0: yeah absolutely true okay let's move on to the next one this was uh this was a banger very entertaining um, you probably wouldn't have expected based on current form, but Brentford three, Nottingham Forest two. Uh, I think I took Brentford in this one. I, I said, Ivan Tony will, will be the savior. Wasn't quite the yeah. savior, but he did contribute. Um, Danilo with a goal in the third, Ivan Tony with a, a widely contested, uh, on social media, free kick goal. Uh, fantastic, but have you seen a ball moved that far outside of the, the free kick area that's designated? Uh I haven't seen that in, in quite some time. That level of shit was uh was special.
1: Well, it shouldn't come to anybody's surprise because we've seen this man doesn't play by the rules. No, he so does he does not. It's uh it's something that they need to look at more and it's another thing that the refs and the their organization needs to take a deeper look at and they need to be more Observant. I mean, you have VAR for a reason. I would think VAR VAR does check every goal-scoring uh, moment. So that should have been reviewed, I would have thought of, but uh, clearly not. So I'm sure going forward, free kicks will now be reviewed.
0: Yeah, monitored. I, I, I was giggling, dude. I watched him move it from that overhead angle that they always give, and I was like, this fucking guy's going to move it another foot and a half. It was, it was about 12 inches that he moved it. So uh, unbelievable. Great free kick. Um, Ben Mee added another in the 58th, but Chris Wood, uh, did all he could to level the scoring in the 65th minute. Uh, and unfortunately just three minutes later, much to the chagrin of, of Forrest faithful, uh, Neil Mopai, who has actually been shockingly decent for Brentford, uh, stole it in the 68th minute. Brentford from there were able to, uh, lock it down as best they could, uh, and carry out, Uh, win all three points out of this one. I thought this was an entertaining watch. I mean, Brentford certainly looked better um, with Tony there. He just gives you so much more confidence going forward. You know he's a proven finisher. You know what you're going to get out of him. Didn't seem like to me that he's lost all that much of his step, which is always nice to see. Uh, Probably not at his best still, but he will get back to that point. Um, and I thought Forrest actually played relatively admirably. Um, Turner's still struggling, letting in goals, but that defense that he has in front of them is, isn't anything special either. So uh, you got to take that with a grain of salt. Overall, I think this was probably the most entertaining game that I watched all weekend, even better than the Arsenal one. Um, and it's it's great to see Brentford uh, back, you know, winning uh, and, and just performing with tony that's that's nice to see the more quality we have in the prem player wise the, the better
1: it breaks a five match uh losing streak so when they needed it most he stood up and not just when it came to the scoring opportunities he did create a lot of a lot of uh, moments that other players could capitalize on we saw that with with maupay and it allowed Jensen more opportunities to play balls in keen lewis potter at left wing back Had a lot of great opportunities, but couldn't put one away. So they were finally using the the format that Thomas Frank liked and uses from the start of the season now that he has his key figure piece back in the lineup. So hopefully it continues on in another match now where they have to play Spurs, which is going to be tough. But if Ivan Tony's in your squad, I'm sure they'll be just fine.
0: Yeah. Um, Okay. The next one is Sheffield United to West Ham to... Break this one down for us, because it was absolute fucking chaos.
1: Yeah, it became a a much bigger game than what we thought it would originally uh, end up being, but it started out in the 28th minute with all of the momentum going Sheffield's way, and Max Cornet off a nice counter gets a ball lobbed in, he hits a nice rebound on the volley, and gives West Ham off the mark, which later on was equalized right before the half by new signing Ben Brenton from Sheffield. He, he bags a debut goal for them right before the half. It was massive. Chris Wilder pumping it up. And we saw nothing really there. It was back and forth. Some some attacking changes from Sheffield trying to go for it because they need it now that they're in the last position. Seven points from safety. Uh, just putting McBurney and Archer in for those Osulu and Brennanton. And we saw Danny step it up in this game. He didn't play at the 9. He, he surprisingly played at the 10. Shadow Striker behind Bowen and earned a penalty for West Ham, which I thought he was going to step up because he's normally a great penalty taker. But Ward Prowse got the job done, shot it right down the middle, ice in his veins. And we thought West Ham would hold on. It wasn't very convincing. Areola was standing on his head quite a bit. uh, But unfortunately, in the 90th, or no, sorry, the 100th minute or so, uh, a ball whipped in from Sheffield. Areola comes out, misses the ball, hits Mm. McBurney. It uh, was ruled a foul. We saw this no- as a no-call with uh, the first game of the season with Wolves and United when Onana took out uh, Kolesynik, and they didn't give the call for the equalizer. So they made up for that here, and McBurney st- stepped up and scored in the 102nd minute. It mm. crushed West Ham Hearts, but a massive point for Sheffield where I think they deserved three points, maybe yeah. some would argue. So uh, a great match turned out to be. Um uh, a bad day for West Ham now, two straight draws. Still sitting in sixth position with three point cushion on Brighton behind them in seventh, but uh, we're turning a point now where West Ham are, are desperately needing good results with all their players gone. Uh, and our, like I mentioned already, Ghana's out, which uh, Mohamed Kudus is and so he'll, he should be back within the next match or so for them to gain some sort of form back in because uh what the team they had out here on the day it wasn't very good as well as Sufal picked up a double yellow so he'll miss their next match yeah which isn't going to be good either
0: um are you aware that this was the latest goal ever scored in a Premier League game
1: with the new ruling of stoppage time and that no, that doesn't surprise me
0: absolutely unreal uh made sure to text uh my West Ham supporting friend and and say you know that's, that's something only West Ham uh, could manage. That's just so poetic. Uh, yeah. I, I, I've had a, a terrible time watching West Ham uh, over the past however many weeks and watching them be successful playing the style they do without, um, you know, some of their, their key players has been even more painful. So uh, I'm seeing some people call for, for Moises' head. I think that's crazy considering what he's doing uh, with this, like, shockingly poor team he's only got a couple of really talented players and he's managed to get them to sixth and keep them in sixth for quite a while now I mean they've taken a point from every single one of their last five games they've got three wins and two draws they're on 35 points they're only four point or five points behind Tottenham uh you know I don't necessarily see them keeping it up but no matter how you cut it or look at it West Ham have been massively overperforming this year, and you cannot just because you haven't won the last two games say you know this style of play isn't isn't what we want. It's it's not good enough because if you're able to do this and succeed, then you just have to take it. I mean, there have been plenty of teams that play this terror, just horrible ten behind the ball, awful stick everyone in the box, bullshit ball teams win Champions League. Doing this, Atletico Madrid made a final. Doing this, Uh, many Chelsea teams were very successful. Doing this, it works as much as it's not entertaining to watch. You know, it does. It does work. So, I think that the claims about Moyes have just—I've seen it all over. Pundits, players, um, you know, not not current players, but ex-players, and as well as fans. It's extremely odd to me. Another, um,
1: note and, another note being rian Brewster with a, a yeah, quick red card I there. Saw. Very, very nasty challenge. Two-footer there on, uh, I believe, Emerson. Not what you like to see.
0: Mm. Liverpool born and, and, and bred. That's how they make them there. Uh, and we'll move on to them. Bournemouth, nil. Liverpool, four. Uh, a rather sordid first half. Uh, saw it end nil, nil. And then... Liverpool turned on the Jets. Darwin Nunez in the 49th. Diogo Jota in the 70th. Again in the 79th. And then Darwin finished it all off in the 93rd. Um, You never know what you're going to get out of Nunez. But every single time Diogo Jota steps on the pitch, I feel more confident that Liverpool will be able to summon a moment of magic. And he was absolutely fantastic. He's one of... He's genuinely one of the most clinical finishers I have ever seen. He is so, so good and so, so underrated by a majority of Premier League fans. I just don't think, besides Liverpool fans, people give him the credit he deserves. I mean, he's taken on a bench role, he's suffered through injuries, but when he comes on and when he plays and he's given the chance, he is so consistently good um I just I think he's massively underrated I know Liverpool fans love him but he's just he's absolutely unreal in my opinion and he can play any of those front three positions you can drop him behind he's just very very talented and considering what they paid for him I think genuinely he's been a steal he is world class um the rest of the team I thought played really well we saw McAllister he's back now I thought he looked great um, they're, they're, you know, missing a couple of players. Still no Salah. He's now injured. Uh, the players that did come on Gakpo and Graven Birch, they were all right. Uh, a lot of youngsters named in the team. We had Bobby Clark, Kate Gordon, and Owen Beck as well. All three of them saw time. Uh, and as for Bournemouth, I just thought this was, uh, this was very, very poor. Only managed one shot on target, 11 shots total. Didn't hold as much of the ball as they probably would have liked, Uh, If they were going to strike against the top six team, I think this was the moment that they really could have gotten Liverpool and they just didn't show up whatsoever. This was very, very poor from them. You know, they're still doing all right. They're in 12th. That surge has kind of come to an end. They had, I think, five wins in a row and now... They've got you know two losses in their last two, so not great when you're looking at it. But they did survive the the crazy hectic holiday period, uh, and and played relatively well. So with the incoming uh, potential deductions to a couple of these other teams, uh, I think you know Bournemouth will still be very happy where they're at in the table. I just would have hoped you know as a, a bystander or somebody rooting for another team that's in the top four right now. That, that Bournemouth would have showed a little bit more fight because they really just didn't make any impact uh, on the game late. Very, very unfortunate.
1: They picked up an uh, an injury to Max Aarons, yeah. muscle injury there, so they'll be hurting it right back. Adam Smith's a questionable play next week. For Liverpool, Darwin Nunes is now the first player this season to score 10 goals and earn 10 assists in all comps in the Prem. So that's something that flew under the radar a bit, and had to double down what you said about Jota since he joined back in twenty twenty for only about forty mil. It's uh, heavily under the radar and he plays a great role in this team that I don't think Klopp and them take it for granted, but everybody else kinda does so. Um also what did you think about Bradley there at right back? He's been filling in for Trent and there has been too many moments where the brights the lights have been too bright for him to <laughs> take away from his performances.
0: Well, here's the thing. Um He's more of an actual fullback, so you're not gonna get the same mistakes and issues that you get from Trent defensively, but you're missing out on you know a ton going forward moments of brilliance finishing stuff like that that you wouldn't normally expect out of a right back. He doesn't have those traits. Trent does, but I think he's been very solid um it's It's good to have different versions of fullbacks essentially, right? They've got Trent who can, who can play and, and will play when he's, he's healthy. Um, but if you need, let's say, you know, you play the first 45, you're up two one. Maybe you feel like you don't need Trent or you can slot him into the midfield and then throw, you know, somebody like Connor Bradley back there, who's going to actually defend. They're just different types of players. I think, you know, as a liver, if you're a Liverpool fan, you got to be absolutely thrilled that you have, uh, a, a another defensive option back there. I, th- I think he's been pretty sound.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um. All
0: right, shall we move on to the next? Oh, and also shout-out Joe Gomez. He's been somehow or another really, really good filling in at left back. They're missing both of their first-choice fullbacks and I think really haven't lost a step. Um. Uh, no What's up,
1: Robo? Robo is back now. Yeah, he was yeah. on the bench for their cup game Wednesday.
0: I saw that. That's good stuff. Um, hopefully, he's able to actually stay healthy. Uh, great fullback, but definitely struggled within the past couple of years with injury stuff. Uh, okay, Brighton nil, Wolves nil. Tell us about this one, buddy. It was uh, not a great watch. If you were rooting for Wolves, like I was.
1: Yeah, like you said, there's there wasn't much going on. It was, it was poor, man a bit of back and forth we saw pedro Neto back in the lineup for the first time since the the fall after his long injury he did play almost the full 90 but couldn't find a finish neither could brighton and from my notes really all i wrote down was just brighton had a lot had 72 percent possession and around the same amount of shots as wolves but they were really missing that x factor up front well back i don't see what the he makes 60 minute cameos and isn't adding too much value. I don't see where the issue in Evan Ferguson starting maybe and taking that role is. He's more explosive and has more of a, a bit of a jolt, adds a bit of a jolt to the team. I'm sure with the players coming back from injury as well as cup competitions, they'll be in a much better shape. And Cecil should be returning within the next month or so, as well as ansu Fatty. We forget about these guys in this team. Um, They did as well sign another young player from South America, Barco, but I don't know what impact he'll have in the squad moving forward. We did see the return for Stupinon again, made a great impact, had a few opportunities as an attacking left-back, similar to what Trent is to Liverpool. But, yeah, I mean, not too much. Wolves did hold hold the fort down, were more physical than Brighton and, and slowed the game down a bit. But ultimately, they had to share the points, and... It worked in Chelsea's benefit, if I'm speaking personally, that it keeps us within a great distance of leapfrogging Brighton.
0: Yeah, Chelsea, I mean, I still don't think that they're operating at their, their optimal level, but they are kind of playing, you know, Pretty Well, they're getting results. They've got four wins in their last five. I think, you know, within the next couple of weeks, you guys should jump United. And I can absolutely see you jumping Brighton as well. Uh, A season which has been, you know, kind of as as torrid, for lack of a better word, as it's been for Chelsea, I think, you know, top eight finish. Are are you upset with that this year? Or do you think that's, you know, you guys are ahead of schedule on the rebuild? Because I I think that's that's totally fine.
1: If we go back to our season predictions, I thought we were going to get fifth that was me well, i had you
0: guys high too
1: you had us fourth yeah. i was I was trying to keep it humble a bit my original <laughs> take as at the end of last season i would have put a sixth seventh and obviously as the season gets closer and closer and you you build up this narrative in your head of all these good things only positive things happening and it all them it jolts them up to fifth but um top eight i would be disappointed personally if we could finish top six that would be right where i i think would be best suited after the horrible st- uh, the horrible start excuse me when we were almost down in 12th 13th position which is a place i never thought we'd be again but we're gonna get back into a run of fixtures now with the likes of liverpool um who else we had liverpool you got city again and, and tottenham all all relatively close to each other as well as a cup final against Liverpool once again, which we lost to them twice two years ago in penalties, both of those. So we have a lot of lot lot of doors to go into and look back on and really think about what we can do better. But I think right now, yeah, like you said, the form's great, the play's looking better. It was six one against Middlesbrough, but ultimately some players are getting fitter. Finally players are being played in their correct positions and Funnily enough, the performances are turning better. So I think if that if, if Potts can just learn from those simple things and the players can continue to get their chance to perform and show well, um, I think yeah, all signs should be pointing up.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. Okay. Um shall we talk about our picks? I, I guess this probably will be a shorter episode. It, it's tough um when you have like modified game weeks like this. We only had five games to talk about only a couple of them were really entertaining. Um we'll go through picks and then kind of see where that takes us. Yeah. Okay. Um up first, first game <clears throat> is Nottingham Forest versus Arsenal next Tuesday uh at 2:30. Uh I believe this game is at Nottingham Forest. Uh yeah. go ahead, Matt. You you go first here.
1: Without Gibbs, White, and Elanga last match, you could really tell they lost a bit of explosion, explosiveness, sorry, and just poise on the ball. And they still managed to score two goals, but just didn't have that dy- dynamic factor to really close the game out. And playing home to Arsenal is great, but still there's going to be a lot of challenges. They're going to have to deal with a lack of possession, and I don't know if the pressure on Matt Turner is going to be great. So I'm going to go with Arsenal and Zakis as well.
0: Yep, yeah, I'm going to go with Arsenal as well. That'll be a clean sweep there. Um, honestly, it's I don't want to say this and then get burned by it, but if Rice and Gabriel aren't actually at full strength, I think you maybe don't start them and just see kind of what happens. Um
1: he played Ben White in there with Saliva. Yeah,
0: I mean I th- I think White is is fantastic. He's been really really good this year. He's a great fullback. He's 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 better at fullback for sure, but I I don't see an issue with maybe moving him in because you know he's steady and then slotting Kivior in out outside if you have to. Um, but I think, you know, the extra time for Gabriel to heal and absolutely for Rice to, to kind of get a break. He should be okay, but I, I don't want to see them rush him back and, and actually lose him because he's been such a revelation for us this year. Uh, okay, up next, Luton Town versus Brighton. Um, Luton not been as good as they were for a minute. I still think they're very threatening. Um, Brighton not been as potent offensively as you probably would expect. They've, they're they certainly missing. Um, what's his name uh, that I'm forgetting? Um, Matoma. M- Matoma. Oh, yeah, that's, that's been yeah. A, a loss for them, no doubt. Uh, we're not <clears throat> seeing Ferguson all that much either. When he does play, he's not making a huge effect. It's, it's been unfortunate to see. Um, this one's kind of tough because I, I – I think Luton are so potent um, uh, on set pieces, but I think Brighton have the edge. I'm, I'm going to take Brighton to win this one. I, I think somehow or another they get it done. Uh, Luton's luck eventually has to run out on the set piece goals and, and late goals. I, I I think this may be where the luck runs out and we kind of see Luton turn back into a pumped- pumpkin all the way.
1: I'm a little bit on the opposite. I think this is a perfect match for Luton where they can play him at home. It's Brian plays similar to what Man City does. And we saw what Luton could do against Man City. They played him really tough and didn't allow them the luxury as much of their possession and the flow of it. So Zach and I agree once again, we're both going to take a draw here.
0: Okay, fair enough. Um... Up next, we have Fulham versus Everton. This will be your pick first, Matt.
1: Uh, Both clubs are in a weird spot. Uh, In form-wise, Everton four games now without a win. Fulham only won in their last five. It's uh, As well as getting knocked out of the, the Carabao Cup, it's not a good spot for Fulham to be. They're still trying to figure out those attacking issues without Awobi in there. William's struggling a bit, but uh, I think Everton here on the road, they desperately need this, and they do much better on the road with the Lumen charges of, of additional points being deducted. So I'm going to take Everton and, and Zach once again. We're, we're picking the same.
0: Okay, fair enough. Um, I will take a draw in this one. I, I don't see a lot of goals in this. I think it's going to be kind of hellish to watch. Um, up next, we have Crystal Palace versus Sheffield United. Palace, the overwhelming favorite here. Um, Sheffield in, in very poor form. They've only got 10 points total this year, which is horrendous. Um, Palace with 21. They've got two losses in their last, two, uh, last three. This is going to be ugly one way or another, but I think I'm going to edge and, and take Crystal Palace
1: is being available to play is a massive a massive factor for me in where I lie but as of right now I'm leaning towards him not being a full fitness and maybe a subs- substitute appearance but I'm going to go with a draw and Zach again is taking a draw Sheffield have the worst away record though this year they haven't had, earned a win yet only two draws and eight defeats so, it's not looking good, but I just do not like how this Palace team's playing at the moment with their current players at the club.
0: All right. Uh our next one, we have Aston Villa versus Newcastle. Now we're getting into a match that, you know, may be an interesting watch. Villa currently coming off of A draw and a loss in their last two games. Then we have Newcastle, uh, who are coming off four losses in a row. Eddie Howe's seat reportedly not hot. Uh, I don't know how that's possible. Um, I think it's your pick first, but this should be an entertaining game.
1: Interesting to see how this ends up. Villa still have the best home record this year. Ten games, they have nine wins and a draw. They, they, them, then Liverpool, and, and Man City are still the only teams that haven't been beaten at home. I think that continues here with Newcastle having the second worst away record with only one win out of ten. It's not looking good for Newcastle with those injuries. and that Lost Jolinton as well. Yep, he's out for the rest of the season. He had groin surgery, I believe, so mm-hmm. Lewis Miley's spot is secured for the rest of the season, which is going to be good for him on a personal note, but overall as a team, it affects the chemistry and how they play, and the rumors swirl- swirling around multiple players on their teams being linked with, other, with the departures isn't good either, so the locker room is going to have to really come together, and they're going to have to play as a unit, which... I don't think is a, is too much of an issue for Newcastle and what their fans offer them as a, as a club in total. So, I think it'll be a great performance. I think Villa could slip up here, but I'm gonna have to ride with the home team. And Zach's taken Zach's gonna take Newcastle here.
0: Uh, excuse me. I think I'm with you. I'm gonna take Villa. I just don't see any way in which Newcastle are able to summon an uh, otherworldly performance in order to beat Aston Villa at home. We know how much it takes this year and. I think they used up a lot of their energy against City, uh, which I guess was two weeks ago now at this point. I just can't see it, man. I they, They're they not doing it for me. I, I don't think they can win. I don't even think they can stay in the game. I think Villa will win this one pretty convincingly. Up next, we have Manchester City versus Burnley. Uh, bottom of the table versus pretty much top of the table. Um, City, I believe, currently... Uh, are the only other team besides that that match that they had against Brentford got postponed. So City and Brentford are the only two teams that have played twenty games. Um, uh, what's that?
1: Luton and Bournemouth. Oh, that, that one.
0: Oh, that was Lockyer, right?
1: Yeah, they have to replay that one. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. All right. Um. So yeah, I, I don't. This one shouldn't be hard. I, I'm gonna go with City, but this game is like, I just have such a tough time tuning in and watching this because Burnley will probably sit back behind the ball and lose 2-0, and it'll be the same formulaic shit that we always see. The only storyline, really, is that Vincent Company gets to come up against you know his old club. But, uh, I mean, this could be the last time, I guess, that he'll do that, right? Uh, considering how poor of a job he's done.
1: Yeah, earlier in the year we saw Man City win this game 3-0. I don't think it's been any different. And on top of that, De Bruyne is going to be back in action with Rodri in the middle, and uh, that's a pair. That's one of the best pairs in Europe at the moment. So I don't see any hope for Burnley uh, traveling up the road there to Manchester, and Zach as well is going to take Man City.
0: Yeah. Um, Okay. Then we have up next uh, Tottenham versus Brentford. This one's going to be very, very tough. Um, Tottenham currently in pretty good shape. They're in fifth on 40 points. Um, then we have Brentford who are in 14th on 22. Brentford certainly will be looking for two wins in a row, especially against a team like Tottenham. Uh, I think Tony could give the Highline some trouble, but I can't see him dominating, uh, in this one, I just think the quality of defender that Tottenham have, especially in center back, are, are better. I know probably there won't be Van Devin, but you stick Romero on Tony. As long as he doesn't get a red card, he should be able to lock him up. Uh, I'll take Tottenham to win here. Uh, how do you feel?
1: I'm more on the optimistic side for Brentford. Maybe it's recency bias with what I thought Tony added to this team. On top of that, the the defensive structure is going to be tough for Tottenham to break down, but news came out saying that James Madison could be making a return as soon as tomorrow in their cup match against Man City. Whether it's a a substitute role, I would deem that would be more likely than a starting, but it's good signs he could be a, a factor in this game, which would change my pick entirely, but... I'm still gonna go with a draw here, and Zach is going to take Spurs like you yourself.
0: okay. uh then we have another good one up next, Liverpool versus Chelsea. This one is at Anfield. I think I stole the first pick last time. Uh, I'll give this one to you, but both of these teams have three wins in their last three games, so Chelsea could I mean they could pick up a ton of momentum if they somehow snatch three from this one.
1: Yeah, this is one of the two teams you don't want to play right now, and playing at Anfield is always one of the hardest challenges to do. So going in this with probably our best form on the season is is a plus on top of key players getting back in the lineup and playing at a high level is going to be good in our favor, but I think it's going to end like the last three or four have gone. I'm going to take a draw. Zach's going to take Liverpool.
0: All right. Um... I'm going to take a draw. I think I can see Chelsea getting a goal first, Liverpool scoring again, and then it ending the same way it did that Arsenal-Liverpool game. Something about it, something about this one is giving me tingly feelings. I'm I'm rooting for Chelsea in this one. I, I really need it. I need it like crack. So we'll take a draw. Uh, next one, West Ham versus Bournemouth. Um The question is, will West Ham be starting Kudus or not? Will he be back and and ready and have trained with the team and be playing? Because I would assume, yes, they want him and need him back as soon as possible, but I don't know what the travel logistics are like. Do you have anything that could shine light on that for me, or are you also uh, kind of unaware of that?
1: Yeah, I'm unsure on the status of how quickly players are going to return to their teams, and... I'm sure this is a time where they're going to take some time to go to their families and recoup and I'm sure mentally it's tough on them because they were one of the favorites going to this tournament so it might be a game time decision whether he'll be there or not but they need him desperately in my opinion due to what we saw previously with Sheffield so
0: yeah I mean that the, the kudos thing is just such a huge it's it, it's so big for me here I, I it absolutely changes who my pick um I think Bournemouth were so poor last week and the week before that I don't really want to side with them. So I'm going to take a draw, but if Kudus was back, for sure, I would say I'd probably be edging towards West Ham. So I I guess I'll settle with the draw.
1: Okay. Uh, I'm on the opposite there. Zach and I are going to go Bournemouth. Those two defeats they had were to Spurs and liverpool so it's it's going to be tough to see them put up a similar performance like they did in those two and a combined seven goals against uh, when they play west ham who struggled to create good opportunities where where they're not offset pieces so i think Bournemouth are going to have a stronger chance here and i think it's going to add on to the the david Moyes issues but um i'm excited to see how it ends out there i'm sure in the end west ham are going to find a way to to stab you in the back.
0: Yeah. Uh I'm sure they will as well. There's almost no doubt. Virtually no doubt. Uh Wolves Man United, our last game of the week. Uh, this one at the Molyneux. So West Ham or sorry, Manchester United heading away. Uh a loss and a draw in their last two. Uh a win before that. Wolves looking not so great last week, but before that they had three in a row, so This one could be tough. I mean, this is going to be a tough game to pick. I remember the game earlier this year. I think it was actually the first week in which Manchester United were able to steal all three points. Um, You know, that one was kind of odd. We thought Wolves outplayed them. I think it's the opposite side here. I think United actually outplay them uh, and get all three points. They're going to complete the season sweep.
1: Okay. Zach's going to go with a draw. I'm going to take Wolves here at home. I think they're going to play a little more grittier. Uh, I think things are too positive at United right now with key players coming back into the team. News now that Martial is out for at least 10 weeks is going to be good news for some people with that news. As as pessimistic, pessimistic and negative as that sounds, but there are people out there that are happy about that news. and. I think Wolves find a way. I think Net- Net- Neto is going to open things up with Sarabia and Cunha. Those guys have been playing really well this year and I don't know if this put together United defense is going to hold up. Yeah. All right.
0: Cool. Um
1: no-, no no Onana as well. I that's a
0: benefit. That's a huge benefit. He's been dropped, I believe. Is that correct?
1: Well, he's at the Cup of Nations.
0: I know, but apparently he got dropped
1: there. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was on the bench. I saw him coming out with the boom box. That's
0: that's crazy, man. Um, all right. So those are our picks. Um, you can probably expect to see us the so we we've got these games, which go from Tuesday to Thursday. So you got ten games in the span of three days, which is great. We deserve that. we we've been very due. We've had to deal with that aids double, you know, not double game week, really single game week split over two weeks. That was horrendous. Can't be said enough. Um, So we're going to get a shit ton uh, of stuff over the next couple of weeks. Um, You can probably expect to see us, when Friday maybe? Or no?
1: More likely Thursday night. Thursday
0: night. night. So, all right. That sounds good. Um, So same time, uh, next week we will be here. Uh, anything else you wanted to add before we uh, shuffle off?
1: No, next Thursday should be good because it'll we'll be recording right as deadline day is uh, closing up, so it should be good time to recap all the news.
0: Yeah, it'll be great. Uh, plenty of rumors still flaring. Uh, a couple of things that I, as an Arsenal fan, I'm, I'm kind of happy about, but I don't want to talk about it because it's not going to happen. Uh, Benzema, we are here. We would love to see you, but uh, okay. You can find all past episodes of The Cutback on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, You can also find us all on social media at, um, oh, I was going to say Post20Pod. That's not right anymore. The underscore Cutback uh, on Instagram and The Cutback underscore on Twitter. Uh, Quickly, for those of you that listen on iTunes uh, or Apple Podcasts, whatever it's called now, you can it still has the old post 20 logo like the super super old one i was on the phone it it's very hard to get in touch with apple support on the phone not over email and i was able to do it however apparently on their end everything is updated it's just going to take time for it to actually throw out into our feed i changed resolutions i changed the picture i changed it again Everything else looks fine. SoundCloud looks good. Spotify looks good. Uh, it's actually on Podbean as well, which I guess is like a repository app. or I don't remember if it's still called Podbean, but um, it's it's not updating on Apple Podcasts. So I'm sorry that you guys still have to see the old squiggly MS Paint Post 20 logo, um, but eventually it, it should fix itself. Uh, if you want to look at our beautiful artwork and new logo, listen on Spotify. Um you know, like, comment, share it with, with your friends that enjoy football as well. Uh, anything to, to kind of grow the show. We've been more active on Instagram uh, and Twitter over the past week uh, since we've rebranded. So that's not going to stop. Um, and we appreciate you guys for listening. Um, check us out on all of those things we just told you about. Uh, and we'll see you same time on Thursday. All right. Take care.